This is Nerd FT Radio, where nerds full-time explorers of the metaverse surface of the blockchain and not in our mom's basement. I'm your host, RSG, a.k.a. the NRN fantasy football champion. I told everyone this would happen, <laughs> and I'm here with CryptoCar, a.k.a. Holiday Crier. We're back. It's been a while, and right. the way we're going to start this off is by pretty much bringing a bunch of the Colony team members over. We have Andrea, the CEO. We have Rudo, the head of partnerships. And we have Joey, chief brand officer, a.k.a. the no guy. We'll find out why that is. <laughs> How are you guys? We're great. Thank you for having us. Excited to be here and talk all things nerd. Wait a it. minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. When I was off camera and I was uh -oh. hearing something about like who's here, who said I'm the no guy? That would be me. <laughs> oh, but in, the, in the best way, I have Shot to give him. context to it in the best way. Okay, fair. I'm glad to be here, guys. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah, oh, yeah. it feels good. We're excited. We're excited to be here. Uh, we, you know, we're, we're big fans of all things that are real world assets, anything that's kind of pushing the envelope on bringing adoption to blockchain, right? Like we are big proponents of that. So, um, We've seen this big push with like Pokemon cards, and we've seen a lot of pushes with just like collectibles and stuff. We had the the Supreme shirts go. Um, we had a big real uh, loan on those, uh, and that combination of loaning and real world assets is just sweeping the sweeping the whole industry really. So, uh, I'd love to hear more about your your company, the Colony, and uh, just give us a little brief overview of, of what you got for us. Yeah, thanks, and I'm so excited to dig into all that with you. But sort of a high level basics on Colony is we're building a platform that allows collectors to take their physical collectibles, vault them and put them on chain, right? And then we included in our platform is a really interesting drop mechanic for resellers that have been building their collectibles brand to engage their community and participate in, in fun drops, essentially. Um, you know, that's a, that's a very basic overview, but we feel like it's a pretty strong value proposition and sometimes the simplest things are the best. For sure. Um, I do, you know, we do, we do see a lot of uh, people coming into this, this uh, area, right? We've saw a courtyard is coming in. We've seen like stuff like arcade. They really, they're the lending portion, but they're kind of going that route as well. Um, what, a, what, a, what kind of separates you from, from the pack? Yeah, I mean, it's a massive space, right? So we always talk, sure. and Joey will echo this, it's about collaboration versus competition. I think there's there's much more room for than one or two players. So we're excited and, and supportive of anyone else trying to move this forward. I think one of the things that separates us is first and foremost, out of the gates, we're doing more than just cards, right? We're really, even in just our beta launch, we're going to be bringing in graded any graded asset that's a collectible. Very quickly after beta, we'll get into any asset that is authenticated, not just graded. And then after that, it will be, you know, all collectibles, regardless of them being graded or authenticated. Um, you know, our drop mechanic will give us the ability and resellers the ability to go beyond just cards and engage, you know, outside of Pokemon. I think there's a there's a, a massive overlap with Web3 and Pokemon collectors. We've seen that. For sure. We love that. It started the conversation, but there's definitely Shoes and Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to steal Andrea's thunder. I'll let her talk about Swap, which is one of our other differentiators. But one of the things for me that I like to say is... <laughs> 
something that separates us from everybody else is we're not just focused on the buy sell trade aspect of collecting. We believe that collectors just need a platform to showcase and protect their collectibles. So you might not be interested in selling your rare Pokemon card or that autographed baseball from Ted Williams, Red Sox guy, um, mm. right? You just might want to secure it. You just might want to be able to take it with you everywhere you go, pass it on to your kids or grandkids in a way that keeps it safe and insured. So we're gonna we're creating a platform that you know, if you're somebody who's a sneaker collector and you've got a hundred pair of sneakers in your guest closet and you can never show them off, we're going to allow you to tokenize them, create a collector's page and show off your sneakers. If you're somebody who is sitting on a bunch of sports memorabilia and you don't want to have to have your kids figure out how you're going to like will it to your kids and whatever, right? Tokenize it and then simply transfer it, right? So it's not just about the the business of collectibles buy sell and trade it's also just giving collectors a platform to showcase what they truly love what, what i think is so special about that is literally the reason why i got into this space i always tell the same story that i had a friend that told me to get into crypto when bitcoin was at 200 at eth was at like 10 laughed in his face but and then the second time he came up to me he's like hey look at this nft thing and he's like there's no way you can laugh at me here because that's this is literally what you do as you guys all yeah. know listeners at least you can look behind me or if you know me i collect everything you can probably think of and that is the reason why i got into this space and what uh joey what you said is absolutely um right like that that is it what exactly what you just said this Great opportunity of showcasing it, not only showcase, yeah, obviously showcasing it, but also the transfer aspect of it to your kids, to your friends, to other traders, to all these things. It, it simplifies the whole process. And we always, it's, re it's really funny that every single time, like every four or six months, we get a random news story on X or on any social media saying how like this random person went into their grand, grand, great grandfather's closet and found another Babe Ruth card or anything like that. Right. And this takes away from that, just like the chance of you accidentally checking the right corner in the right house to find it this makes it so simple so easy for you to go ahead and tokenize yep. these things and bring it down to the people you care for or just again if you want to sell it if you want to trade it if you want to swap it whatever the case may be so um it's super cool and on top of that if you ask me now or like six years ago if like this whole nft thing and i'm able to actually vault a lot of the things i own today half this shit would be vaulted to be honest because i need more room number one yeah. and um, shit number, display. to get more stuff right and number two <laughs> yeah. um again at the end of the day the, this is i truly believe one of the biggest ways to onboard individuals that are in the pop culture uh realm of things in the collectible in the the nerd side in the video For games sure. etc a lot of people like you guys you guys just said earlier uh there are a lot of nft people that are pokemon collector pokemon card collectors but uh overall in the nft space there's just a bunch of collectors right from if it was in the video game side of things from diablo to runescape um and on the other side from funkos which you guys just can see how many i have um and all these other um great assets that people have just been collecting from comics all the way up to dvds and all these things so it's just super cool to find a way to go through the blockchain to make it easier for these people to do it but obviously the big challenge is 
95% of these nerds want the actual physical in their hand and they want to like breathe on it and like touch it without actually touching it because it's in a, in a case. But that's where they have to figure out like, hey, this is probably a safer way to do it as well as just a simpler way to do a lot of what they love to do every single day. Speaking yeah. of safety, you're you're a big collector. Do you have a do you no. pay for supplemental insurance to protect all your collectibles? I'm not I'm not, a, I'm not that big of a collector. I'm, but I do not actually know. I don't. So this this oh, is shit. also a problem that we solve with tokenizing assets. You know, if you're sitting on tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of collectibles in your house and God forbid you have a fire or a flood, yeah. what happens to those collectibles? Right? We're Got solving on. that problem for you. For sure. Yeah, um, I mean, I like that's a good point. Don't put those. Um, bad what what do you? In my head. What do you use for for storage? Uh, I know safety is a huge concern for any collector. Um, what are you guys using? Yeah, so you guys have your... we are partnering with a global vault provider. Um, we're finishing up red lines in the contract, so we haven't put the press release out. It takes time, so I'm not trying to be cute about but, it. But we specifically went with this provider because they have global locations. So, you know, if there's a collector in Singapore, they're not going to have to ship their item all the way to the U.S. It's it's very secure. It's a trusted brand. We feel, you know, we're super excited about the partnership, and quite frankly, it's a it's a cornerstone of our offering. It's really important that people trust the brand that we've partnered with to send their valuable possessions. So unfortunately that's, I can't, you know, say the name, not but, yet. um, yeah, not yet. Give, give us about a week and a half and then we'll be there. <laughs> no problem. I think the, you know, it's a huge, it's huge, uh, huge part of it, right? Like, um, it's definitely something where, you know, you're storing your own thing. We all talk about, you know, crypto or big like self custody type people, uh, a lot of the issues with crypto in general is that like third party provider too, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, you know, it's a bridge, it's holding oh, yeah. the money or it's the, you know, um, so, you know, it's definitely, definitely super important to have a very, very tight knit and uh, respected community uh, vaulting, right? So yeah, good on I that mean, one. I think there's a centralized component to it, right? As we bring for sure mainstream adoption to blockchain, it, it you have to have certain aspects and certain value propositions that have this centralized entity. It's just, you know, not everyone coming in this space is going to be a DeFi maxi. And the platform we're 100%. building is for truly Web2 consumers. So there is, you know, a relationship to something like our, our, our vault provider that those Web2 consumers aren't going to be happy unless it's a brand that they know that you know they trust. Right. They're not. They're not just going to obscurely send their collectibles to an you know an address that we give them to um you know to keep it, it decentralized. Yeah, for sure. This wouldn't make sense. For yeah, sure, definitely. That definitely makes sense. Now, um, let me ask you guys: How exactly did all of this like start? Like, who was that one person? Again, uh, Andrea, you're that co-founder. You're that CEO. Like, where exactly did this journey start for you guys? Was it because you've been in crypto for a while? Uh, have you been a collector yourself? Like, how exactly did this journey start for everyone? Okay. So I have uh, been in crypto since 2016 and got into the NFT space uh, just before the last bull run really kicked into gear. And so was fortunate enough to, you know, be in the space day in and day out the last two and a half, three years and really understand the why behind most people's activations and what worked and what didn't. Um, <clears throat> I started ideating with 
my two co-founders about two years ago. And the original idea of Colony was a smart contract that we patented um, about a year and a half ago. And that contract was a really interesting mechanic, but it was truly for NFT collections. And in the depths of the bull market, we ha- we started having conversations and Joey became instrumental a little ways in on, you know, are we comfortable trying to build and scale a business on the hope that a market comes back? We all felt like, yeah, crypto is going to get better in 2024, but it really felt like a house of cards. And so then we started thinking about what verticals exist where we can take the core logic of this smart contract, which is essentially instant liquidity and apply it and allow us to build at a scale and volume that you know we were targeting. And collectibles was the easy marriage because when you look at the cycle of collectibles, particularly reselling, there's a lot of pain points that putting these items on chain address. So that sure. coupled with this contract that we were sitting on that we're super excited about and, you know, Joey's brother actually being massively into collectibles and streaming and ripping packs. It was just a perfect storm. And to answer your point, uh, myself as a collector, I mean, yes, I've collected JPEGs forever, but I grew up with a father that was really, really into um, sports cards in particular and comics. And, you know, I have boxes of stamps and coins throughout my house and things that he's He's brought me that I can't wait to tokenize. So that was really always part of the conversation growing up. For If I can add to, on top of my brother being in this space for a few years now, I, growing up, collected garbage pail kids, baseball cards, football cards, all that stuff. (laughs) And my father really being big into sports memorabilia. But for me, I got excited about this and the swap mechanic because I'm really big into real estate. And I love what our swap contract can do for collectibles, can do for NFT projects, and can then do long-term for bigger assets like real estate. And again, I'm not going to steal the thunder from Andrea. I'll let her explain swap because it's her baby. But swap is our swap contract and what our swap does is such a major game changer in the NFT space as a whole, not just collectibles. Yeah, so expand on that. What, what's what's the yeah. what's Let's the secret? Hear what, what the lead in. Come Go on. ahead, Andrea. What's swap? <laughs> uh, okay, second, so second swap, time, right? All right, we got it. Let's go. Swap is built for collectibles <laughs> as a mechanic that allows resellers to come in and really do a fun drop for their communities. So the best way I can describe it is giving you an example. So if you're someone that's built a following maybe ripping packs or doing story sales on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitch. Let's say you've got 20,000 people that, you know, are following you and and you're pretty engaged. This is an important part, right? Because otherwise it's, you know, you've got to have the following to bring in. You come in and you say, I want to do a 500 piece basketball card drop, right? So you market it to your community. We provide a really beautiful drop page. That's an extension of your brand, We hype it up with you behind the scenes. You send those slabs in to be tokenized. They're dropped into your profile. And then we set up the drop with you and we go through each asset and we determine the current market value. Then next to a percentage of those assets, you're going to pop in your swap value and your swap value is going to be a percentage of the current market value. So when you are the buyer 
and you reveal, let's say you bought into the drop for a hundred bucks. You reveal your asset the same way we do with an NFT collection. You will see if it has a swap value. Let's say, you know, you got lucky and the card's current market value is 250 bucks. Your swap value maybe is going to be 130, 140, right? It's more than what you originally paid. So you're like, oh, this is instant liquidity. I'm not in love with this asset. I don't want to wait for a secondary buyer on the marketplace. So I'm just going to swap it and take the liquidity. The liquidity comes out of what you determined prior to the drop those swap values would be. So it's all baked into the contract on the back end. It's, it's a simple mechanic if you're the buyer, but building out this contract and the nuance and the triggers is actually quite complicated. We're super proud of it. You know, it's, it's a way for the buyer to get that instant liquidity. And then the asset, if they do decide to swap, goes back to the original reseller. So if you think about it, now you're a reseller and you're getting a card that has a market value of 250 back for 130, that's a great day. People right now are paying very close to 80 to 90% value on the secondary market for these slabs. There's a massive backup at the grading companies, you know, it's it's in high yep. demand. So that's a really high demand good right value now, currently. position for that. Well, now mm-hmm. you're the reseller and you've got maybe 40% of your drop back or 30% of your drop back. You're happy because you've got it at close to, you know, 50, 60% off current market value. You can use those cards and put them into a future drop. You can list them on the secondary marketplace, you know, do whatever you want with them. But so that's really, we wanted to make sure that there was, with this drop mechanic, real incentive for both the buyer and the reseller. And we feel like it's it's a home run. To add, to add on top of that, she used the example of the $250 card. Yeah. But as NFT collectors, we know sometimes the common NFTs end up in our hidden folder because nobody's buying them, right? So if you think about that from this from this drop mechanic, if you were you spent fifty dollars to participate in this drop, and maybe the card you got was only worth thirty dollars, because obviously not every card in not a drop. Not win. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. But now that thirty dollar card, what do you think the secondary market is for that thirty dollar card? Probably slim. Yeah, right? little, exactly. Yeah. So either that card's just going to sit in your wallet and collect dust because maybe you don't really need it for your collection and nobody wants it. Well, now instead, our, the reseller might say, hey, I'll give you $18 for that card. So now you get you get something back for that card that's just going to sit in your wallet and probably collect dust. Go back, go back to the hidden side. Right, exactly. So now you can apply that $18 that you probably wouldn't have gotten to maybe the next drop or whatever the case is. So it works both on the high end and the low end to really help people with the instant liquidity and keep cycling through the cards for the resellers and the buyers. I like to I like to use cuz most of us here, are, you know, kind of JPEG dealers too. So yeah. I, I like to use kind of like the the blur bids um example except you know if you if you mint an nft it's pre-reveal and then all of a sudden reveal happens you have the commons the mid rares the really rares there really is only instant liquidity for basically like floor Floor, right but we but but we all know if you reveal like a mid rare you're basically like okay i either have to dump this or wait forever to get or wait forever to get liquidity for this whereas the swap value is these assets they're not just like yeah they're not they're not just like random JPEGs. They're, they are. They actually have a market value to them. So if you reveal a quote unquote mid rare, 
you don't have to just floor it for like instant liquidity. There is a market value for a that. Tiered, yeah, a little bit higher. Right, than for the, that liquidity. The floor would be. So, like, imagine if Blur had multiple subset tiers for different like rarity rates. That would be incredible. But that's just now how that market operates. But with the swap function, like needs a job we have there. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. We don't want to lose them. We don't want to lose them at the college. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. So, uh, but I definitely agree. I mean, we we've seen this a couple of times. What what are, what are, what blockchain are you guys using for this? If we're, we're, if we're building uh, on Polygon. Polygon. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That really goes into you know creating a, a very low yeah, barrier. Eighteen dollars in liquidity back is now a twenty-one dollar gas transaction. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you're like, oh shit. I know. <laughs> That's not gonna work. Why would I do this exactly? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I so mean, Polygon, at the, at the end of the day, is really it's really great. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. No, I was just going to say Polygon allows us to build a product that if someone's never opened a MetaMask, doesn't know what a seed phrase is, you know, we'll have social sign-in, we'll have Apple Pay and Google Pay, and just, again, have really fuzzy and warm UI so that someone that's never been in this space that we all eat, sleep, and breathe feels comfortable from day one. That's actually exactly what I was about to say and ask on the sense of like these individuals that are coming in that just have never done what we do, having that MetaMask um, having even a Coinbase and having to transfer the uh, all the, the your tokens over from Coinbase to MetaMask, it's a whole process. And unfortunately, we're just not there yet where everyone can do it just yet. Um, so my question that I was going to ask was how how exactly with that random person, that person that just does hasn't been in the crypto space or the NFT space, is it, are they going to be able to grab their collectibles um, and start doing things with you guys? And if that aspect of it where you have that apple pay or you have that google pay etc is going to be there that option for them it's going to be pretty simple for them to understand like you said a fuzzy uh ui ux so that they understand they feel secure they don't have to do like 45 transactions or 45 steps <laughs> yeah. just to get to the <laughs> final goal of what they're trying to do is um is the goal obviously so uh, uh, from a MetaMask perspective, or honestly, to any wallet perspective, that's that's what we're waiting for is for that whole simplicity. I always make the joke with Cryer because he's Android, I'm iPhone like every other human being should be. Um, the reason iPhone is better is because it's it's easier. Garbage. I'm not saying it's it's like actually Android. better. I'm just saying <laughs> it's simpler. Together, Cryer. That's right, baby. It's just easier to use. It looks nicer the whole nine. I kind of use the example with like Xbox and PlayStation. It's the same thing. Which one's easier to use? Which one looks nicer and all that? So for a lot of people, even from 80 years old all the way down to 10 years old, they're going to pick always the simpler and the one that looks the nicest. So. Yeah. For the record, wait, so we're, 70, so we're... 71%. Wait, for the, wait, hold on. Hold on. For the record, <laughs> wait, wait, 70, get some Android 70, stats. Let's go. Wait, 71% of the world is on Android. Correct. 71%. Yeah, Correct. of those seventy percent, ninety percent is like is like in in Asia and India and and uh, Russia Correct. and <laughs> yeah. In the U.S., it's like sixty something percent uh, iPhone in the U.S., but in the whole world, it's like seventy one percent. Listen, guys, and it's funny, I'm gonna <laughs> fact check that. Keep going, Cryer. You keep I, going. I'm gonna fact check. Tell you right now, Google it. Seventy one percent of the world is on Android. Twenty eight percent is on iPhone, and one percent is on like other. Because I have this conversation all the time. Actually, uh, it's point zero five on Solana. By the way, thank you very much. Yeah. Remember that. Point yeah, zero 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 point zero 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 four. Automatically, when someone pops up green on my messages, I'm like, oh. God, here we go. Wait, right? Sox, I feel like Red Sox is, is looking at our Trello board. I'm literally writing a post for Friday about like our frictionless uh, process when it comes to onboarding and off uh, on and offboarding yeah. like 
uh, fiat and stuff like that. So I will tell you Friday, I have uh, some content coming out there about how we're creating a frictionless process on the platform for people. You know, Absolutely. this is a I mean, good lead in. We, we were on a space a little earlier and someone, the question they asked was why now with RWAs? And from our yeah. perspective, we could not have put this platform together a year and a half or two years ago because you really didn't have the tools and the partners that you need to onboard people outside this space. It was just too complicated, yeah. right? We've, we have great partnerships that, you know, with our wallet provider, with our on-ramp, with our off-ramp that make it seamless. My one of my co-founders yeah. is a product guy. He's our CPO and you know his whole thing is it's got to be a two-click process for the buyer. They won't even know they're on chain half the time. It's just sure. going to be a really simple fun platform for them to engage with. I definitely agree. I mean, we've seen so many advancements with account abstraction and all of these things it makes it so much easier and that's why I think we're getting a lot I think that's why Solana is kind of popping off too, right? Like we've seen, uh, it, you know, the, the less friction there is for a person to actually interact on a chain or do something, um, the more use you have, right? Like you can literally be yep. like, hey, here's $10. You can now at least go experience a chain. You couldn't, you can't do that on a, on a lot of these things, right? So um, it, uh, it makes a huge difference when it's literally like, okay, all I have to do is sign up with my Google and you can send me 10 bucks and I can, now I, I can start and do whatever I want. Great. Uh, it, it's a lot more than, you know, it used to be in 2016 when we're like, all right, let's see, we got to go on here. Uh, we got to set up all this garbage takes forever. Here's two seed phrases. Here's all this stuff. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. definitely a, a big hit. So <clears throat> it's happening you know, this to me is with where... so many people. Go ahead. No, 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 please go. I was going to say I had people at work where unfortunately like they were involved in the crypto space and the whole nine and what Cryer was saying with the seed phrase, like they just couldn't find their seed phrase and it's over. And they have now shunned the existence of crypto and NFTs. And they're like, I'm never touching that because I lost the opportunity of all the things that I had. And again, it just, it all goes back to just the simplicity aspect of it and just making it secure and safe. Um, the reason why we, when we ever have someone that's never been in the space and they ask us, Hey, how do I start? We all always say Coinbase and MetaMask because those are the two safest ones in our minds. Now, do we all use those two all the time? Probably not, but we do that on the stock side. When someone says, Hey, I should get into stocks, which is the platform that we tell them to use. It's probably Robinhood. Do I use Robinhood? No, but that's the, the, the level one easiest. place that you're going Intro. to the easiest Easy, yeah. to easiest then go UI, into easiest. exactly yep. there it's they win all every year uh robin hood wins all the awards for the ui ux it's in, incredible and it's awesome but the thing is that later down the road you start reading on it more you start doing the due diligence you start getting involved into it then you're like hey i don't want it here i want it Charles he still has a massive footprint right because 100%. people just love the interface like that's yep. it it's not because it's got better tools or better collections or a better platform it's just friendlier you know it's just sure. clean you can go on uh, there you look at art you can go and that's not just like an orange box that looks like shit right so blur. yeah Blur's definitely not Dude, winning I any never, UI awards. I never that's got sure. into uh, that's. I could never get into Blur because of that fact. Like it just looks so bad. The only other one crier, it's been um, damn, I already forgot what it's called. What's it called? Looks. I could do looks. looks rare. Oh, cool. looks rare. Yeah. Yeah. Like that looks UI was, was nice. It was nice. All yeah. OpenSea had to do was just make a dark mode. I would. I would be fine. It didn't take them this long <laughs> yeah. to do it. But <laughs> sheesh. But so we're building a platform for you, Red Sox guy. 
thank you. I, I it's will got be dark there. mode already. <laughs> it has dark mode. That's all I needed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just going to say, it's really fascinating to me, you know, when we talk about how do we mainstream, you know, Web3, how do we bring more sure. people into blockchain? And this this moment in time where we've been able to lower the, the, the barrier of entry, and we're truly able to target a vertical that also has a variation in the price of assets and consumers that are used to that and sort of used to chasing items at their peak and yeah. buying dips is going to be so fascinating to watch, right? To start to expose them to these same assets on chain to get more liquidity, to have access to a global consumer for instant trades. Sure. I cannot wait to be, you know, a big part of that. And not only that too, like the, the idea of a collectible being a, and a physical collectible is it's literally, it's always been, unless it's like crazy valuable, it's been, I can hold this collectible or, uh, and have no, no value to me really. Like I can't use that value or I can sell it and get all the value. It's never been that like intermediate stage where I can take loans very easily and find, yeah. like crowdsource loans P2P and do all these things. So, I mean, we've seen, I mean, I've been using, I'm a huge proponent of stuff like Arcade. Um, we've been, you know, definitely working with them. Uh, I've been using Bendow and Blend Loans. I've been using all these things for two, like at least two years or whenever they first, I mean, Bendow, I was using day, day two because that thing was awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just such a powerful tool and it unlocks so much liquidity and it keeps the space running and flowing and actually becomes more of like a real market in that sense. So, um, yeah, it's never that. And again, you, not targeting traders, you know, I you know you said that that was kind of your, your deal, but again, it doesn't really have to target. I mean, people that are collectible still want to have liquidity for their assets. It's, totally. Totally. It's always. It's like, I mean, if, I mean, if think you're... of the, think of the housing market without liquidity, like by, you know not being able to use it as a collateral. Like that thing would be one fourth of what it is right now. Instantaneously. We've talked, we've talked with, you know, collectors that are not in this space yet. And we talked to them about, you know, what's your highest value asset? And they say, yeah. oh, it's it's 30 grand. It's card X, Y, Z. And we say, For okay, sure. what happens if you take that card into your bank and try to get a loan off of it? And they're yeah. like, well, they'd not give me one. And then yeah. you talk to them about the value proposition of putting these assets on chain and potentially, you know, taking loans out against them. And it and they're like, oh, I could put that towards a house, right? I could. Yeah. They the 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 floodgates start oh, to the, open. The, the wheels start spinning. And you're like, yes. holy shit! It's because yes, they've never been exposed to that. They just have it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the tools they didn't know it existed. Complicated for them to enter the space. It's just been too hard up until this point. Right, hasn't been secure and it's been too hard. I think what the reality is and what all of these different use cases are doing, like Arcade, Blendow, um, Colony, what we're doing here, is we're just trying to make these markets more efficient. So we're just utilizing, sure. we're, leverage, we're leveraging tech right now to make the markets more efficient, whether it be for um, you know digital or physical assets. Um, and that's only going to be a net positive. Anytime traditional consumers or retail buyers have access to more liquidity that's only going to generate like a better like ecosystem or economy uh, for for everyone for sure. so i mean we had a great example there like um uh we were looking at courtyard looking at pokemon cards the demand on courtyard wasn't very high and we were able to like uh i think frankie was able to buy a couple cards <laughs> off courtyard and resell them on ebay for a profit 
Yep. And that's that's exactly what all markets need, right? There's a, a chance to have arbitrage. There's a chance to, um, you know, people who are looking for that are going to be able to make money and that keeps those efficient as possible. Um, now you're just introducing more avenues of that, right? Like, you know, same thing with the example with the $30,000 card guy. If he wanted to go sell that card, just flat out and sell it 30000 Where's his, you know, how many people is he actually going to be able to reach? You know, I'm going to sell it at, like, if I go to my card store, you know, maybe you have eight buyers that are interested in that. Maybe, like, in your area, or like, at a really high scale. To a global market, you're talking way more people that could oh, yeah. have, like, potentially be interested for sure. So, I mean, it's it opens up a, a huge And huge royal, royalties. 30 royalties on yeah. 30k is a lot man so getting that on in perpetuity is also super beneficial is that something you guys focus i know that's again that's like something where you're if you if you actually lock up the card for the first time with you is that, is that like a built-in royalty if you're the initiator of the asset Ooh. on chain yeah what percentage one percent uh, one percent yeah okay at one cool. percent can fly Which, a little bit you know, add up yeah yeah can for sure add up i i feel like Another thing about collectors, and that's just this is my personal experience. Like, if you ask me, out of like all the things that I have in this damn room, how much I've like sold, like actually sold, it's like less than 10 things, right? I've literally just been collecting, and you just collect, 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 and you just keep it, and that's it. So, when you bring in the whole hey, that $30,000 person, like you can actually get a loan out of it, or you can do all these great and wonderful things that they just literally just never thought of before they're like no i just collected it because i i liked it and that's it that's kind of what yeah. happened to me with like realizing what this space could do obviously with the video games growing up there was markets and trade like from uh madden ultimate team i got i still remember this i got super lucky one time and i pulled something that it was like one out of 50 charles woodson raiders 97 overall legendary card and I sold Banger. that thing for I was like I was like twelve <laughs> years old. I sold that shit for like a thousand dollars, and that at twelve Banger. years old, thousand dollars is a lot of money. So it was just like, and I had to go through a third party like Madden Ultimate Team website to maybe get scammed, but I didn't. Super lucky, all that stuff, and that just opens up <laughs> the avenue into like what collecting could be. Which unfortunately, I have a lot of people, a lot of friends that are just they they just collect and that's it. They don't see the actually avenue of like reselling and trading. <laughs> and of course, when you kick in the blockchain, like Cryer said, in your area, you only got like I don't even think you got eight people. You maybe have two and a half. I don't know where the other half came from, but all over the world, you got hundreds, if not thousands, of people that are like, "Hey, I really want that." So it just opens up a whole avenue that people just don't realize and don't understand until you start explaining it and that's why we are all here trying to explain it yeah that's what i was going to mention because you oh sorry go ahead andrea no go ahead rudo i was just going to say that um i've i've heard that same thing from a lot of like collectors where they're like oh dude i just buy because i like it like i don't expect to like sell or anything but i think a huge part of that is because entire there's folder yeah, well, yeah, but there's there's like effort involved with like trying to sell this stuff. But I, I always tell that oh, yeah. same person like, okay, imagine if all of a sudden like you have all this stuff that you've collected, but you're not really keen on selling it. But what if out of the blue for no for like whatever reason you had a hundred, two hundred, five hundred people who are willing to offer you money on like half of your collection or a, a couple of pieces? They'd be more willing to sell if they knew they had an open market that like wanted to buy their collection too so 
you you want to register your sword, items. You know, we muted those open C notifications for you know <laughs> first hundreds off, you're of thousands only, of dollars. Listen, guys. am I the only person that did not <laughs> mute those? Like I got them all. I still got pictures of them. Maybe that's you know, by the way, dude. My next phone time I take would a, literally blow prior, up if I left that on. Prior, next time I take a picture of an NFT or anything crypto <laughs> and I send it to you, you tell me to sell half of it. Whatever it is, I got to sell half yeah. or the whole thing because every time you take a picture, you know you have to sell it. <laughs> Um, but no, you're, you're absolutely right. A lot of people, what they like here, I have, if I pick something from this wall, I have this item that's not registered anywhere other than like an app, a Funko app. And that's it. There's no offers coming in. That's what's so special about like what this, uh, what OpenSea did for us with blur yeah. with looks rare, all these things where they're embedded into the blockchain and these wallets are public wallets where people can look at these assets and if they really want it, they can send that offer. And we've talked about it before, Cryer. I forgot the what's the website that you can send messages through um the blockchain. Block what's scan. That website? Block scan, like things like that. Obviously, right now it's, it's like nothing, but later on it could be. It's an actual chat feature that you can send a message to them, be like, hey, like I would want to buy this, even though maybe they For can't sure. find your Twitter or their your ex or your Instagram or your email phone number whatever the case may be but it's just super cool to open that avenue because again you have this item sitting there for so long and i don't think it would be sitting there for so long if you had x amount of offers on it so when you put that totally. into the mix it, it it changes the game for a lot of people so it's super exciting everything see, has a price especially bro. there exactly um, that's right everything has it... a price everything's got a price for sure. Hmm. I stand by that. I, st I that I stand on that for sure. <laughs> yeah, RC, probably. The right for something that's not this priceless, but it's not it's not for sure. Yeah. But uh what are like your favorite collections? One thing. Guys, Andrea, Andrea. So lately I've been on a massive one piece kick. Uh one of oh my our, God. our collectibles extraordinaires. <laughs> um Dachshund Wizard has been obsessed for a while. My kids are watching the show and reading the books and like every chance we get to get a box, we try to get one. They're not easy to find anymore, but I just feel like it's gorgeous. Like you can't, there you go. I, I'll pull out my stack now too. So <laughs> you know, we're actually super excited. A little alpha here. We'll be doing a one piece drop in beta. So that'll be really fun. Oh man. I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah, so we're psyched. We're psyched. Yeah, I, I hate up. when people I'm talk ready. about their their one their one piece collection because I've been calling every store within like a ten mile radius for for like two weeks to try to find them. Sold out everywhere. So I've just been going oh, really yeah. dumb ham with Pokemon. So I have these are all like my hollows right here, and this is like ten days of collecting. I have literally like <laughs> a full blown other stack right Locked here too. Yeah, you know so, what's actually really, so, really what's weird get, about you, what's your best one? Yeah, what did you buy? Would you or would you, yeah? What was uh, your best one? What'd this you, my, this is my best pull. So it's the the Chase Charizard. Oh, the Chase oh, nice. um, from Paradox. If we're yeah. showing things off, like yeah, I'm collectibles here. Nostalgia. I am so deeply. If you look at my eBay searches, you'd be like, you've got a real problem. Into old video games. <laughs> I was at Frank and okay. Sons about a month ago, and there's there's not many out there, right? Particularly that are graded, but I just love to dig through collections to try to find really good, still sealed old video games, like first Game Boy, first Nintendo, first Sega. Yeah. It just brings me right back to it. Yo, well, do you see how much those Sweet, like the old the old good days? 
See that? Do you see like the oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, Mrs. Pac-Man? That's so crazy. That's why that's cool. actually. Yeah. Still sealed too. That's nuts. Still sealed. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. There's a guy on Twitter uh, named Nebraska Gooner. He has like a full sealed um, N64 console and like all of the super like Mario Kart, Zelda, all tens. And I'm like, this guy. (laughs) I'm like, dude, this is so awesome. There's a part of me that does it to just like give myself pain because these are all things that I had at one point. And I'm like, oh my God. You just had a little foresight, but what are you going to do? Yeah, we you need to give us whoever no, we, you got to give us Nebraska's um, uh, Twitter account because we're yeah, trying to sure. we're trying to we're trying to cop that N sixty four. Yeah, dude, he he will not Slap let that go. He's, he's loaded on trader. He's a really good trader, so he's uh, he's not letting that one go. That, he he oh, might so not have a price. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if he's got the money, if he's a good trader, then yeah, Ooh. probably not. Yeah, he. That's funny. What I was going to say, Rudo, prior to that was I actually – I was never really the biggest Pokemon collector. Like when I was little, I had some, but then later on couldn't get into it. I finally like semi got into it. It had some good pulls and whatnot, but like it's weird. Like I just never got into the trading card style. I had baseball cards, football cards, basketball cards, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and then One Piece now because I'm like overly obsessed with One Piece. I'm like overly obsessed with One Piece right now. But um, it's just it's super cool to see all this like transition into the blockchain and how I personally believe sure. like if I if the blockchain was back then I would be a hundred percent into the card the trading card uh aspect of collecting and whatnot. But I don't know for me for it sure. was just it's not I don't I don't know I'm I'm weird with that. I'd rather I'm a Funko. It's weird. I'm just a Funko collector. I'm I'm just a disappointment to be honest. Like Funko's been freaking doing awful things lately so i'm just I'm well just everyone everyone has their niche said you know everyone has their niche like yeah. i'm not i'm not into like magic the gathering for example but like when i was a kid i, I, I had a ton of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I, I used to play tournaments in Yu-Gi-Oh uh for Yu-Gi-Oh like so yeah like everyone has a preference for sure i was just gonna say even you know i think that there will be a fair amount of people that buy into drops because they've been through the last couple cycles They want to feel something, right? Swap is a fun mechanic. And there's this weird tie into, well, if it's a physical, my bag can never really be empty, right? Like there's some sort of comfort knowing that this will never truly go to zero, which we've all felt before many, many times (laughs) because there's a tie-in. Like there there's something to that, right? We can't, we can't say there's not because a lot of people just mint stuff to feel something. And I think this is a way for them to do that and also have that comfort. Just retain of, some value. Real item. <laughs> yeah. Cryer, I have to ask you, what, what's if, what's your feeling when you mint something? I must ask Cryer. What do you feel? Uh, I don't know. Happiness? I don't, I'm not a big, you, I'm not like a big does your, mint does guy. Your heart, like does your heart like... race? Does, um, he feels nothing. Do your fingers tingle? Or do you feel nothing? <laughs> I feel nothing. I'm a completely you objective. You don't feel nothing? He right, feels cool, nothing. Cool, cool. I, just, I just had a wonder. I just had a wonder. I, I was wondering. So I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, it's just, it depends on the mint. I mean, the last time I felt a good mint was, I think Doodles was probably like my best. Like that was a top, that oh, was yeah. a top mint. That's definitely sure. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's tough to do. Don't you think in the, like the, yeah, exactly. The last, always chasing that market (laughs) it's the same feeling when you're buying you know a a coin when you're minting something that it's not a community you've been involved in you're doing it with the hope of this is going to go up right it's that same like Mm -hmm. what if what if what if it's that 
chasing the what if. That's what that's why people buy scratch tickets. Right? Oh, it's, sure. it's literally the same dopamine. It's got the gotcha mechanic, man. I mean, there's a reason yeah. the gotcha mechanic has been around since like boxes. I mean, it's, boxes. it's like they, it's mm-hmm. the same. It's all the same shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. I want a little taste. Yeah. We're, all, we're there. all gamblers. We're all a little bit of on the gambling <laughs> side. Come on, let's just say it. I mean, but, um, yeah, shit coins have been definitely that's like the number one use case of uh, crypto. This entire bull cycle. Uh, it's been, crazy. Yeah. Memes. You've been printing it's too. Insane. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta stay away. Oh, yeah, stay away from crying. Get into it. Yeah, he's uh, I just, I'm, I, I'm, a, I just like to trade. Uh, I'm a big no, trader, no, he, so he's I just sandbagging. Fall. He dabbles. He dabbles. He's sandbagging. He dabbles. I dabble. Pinky up. Dabbles. He's sand. He's sandbagging. Sandbagging. Sure. <laughs> That's all this man does right now. Um, yeah, definitely for sure. I mean, there's a ton of volume in it. So anytime there's new volume, so we've been, we've been on like Solana lately, and Injective, and Say, and all these new chains that are popping up. A lot of airdrop farming stuff. A lot of I don't know. There's just I'm little, I'm a big try it, try new things guy. Like I yeah, literally every time I see a new thing, and he wasn't though. Yeah, I feel like you that last cycle I was the naysayer. Like Doge is a scam. Don't do that's all that's all bullshit. Like don't don't do any of that. Buy Bitcoin. Buy ETH. Don't mess around. And this cycle, yeah, I did the complete opposite and literally went after like every meme, every everything, and it went way better you've so, changed have you been, um, wait have you know, been changed. dealing with coins since like q1 of last year when like pepe and turbo and yeah i feel like that's yeah. when it was really introduced to the people that were for here sure. in the last cycle so you've been going straight through yeah where you for get sure. stamina that's a lot oh <laughs> i don't know yeah i mean it's, it's a full-time it's a full-time no, job for me yeah. i guess it really is. Dude, the stress. It's not. Yeah, it's. I'm. I just have a. I'm really big on like a set like routine. If it's if it you know like if it's if it's doing well, I cut. I don't. If it's doing well, I sell. You know, everyone's like, oh, it's you know, we're gone up eight thousand percent. It could do a little bit more. It's like, no, I'm I'm already sixty six percent out. Like it's it's already gone up. You know, I don't ever keep any of these things. Like I met. You know, I missed out on six seven hundred eth on pepe because i sold it early you know what i mean like but i also don't care at all because Yo, you said I that way too casual prior. how much Say that but one you know time? Yeah, i mean only, bitcoin only, was way worse ticker yeah. bitcoin was like an absurd oh, amount but that but it's only in crypto man only in crypto and oh DeFi. Yeah. Uh, do are we like uh pretty you know it sucks you know i missed a ca- i missed a casual 600 ETH play but you know we we take these wins <laughs> we take these losses man o- only in crypto do we talk about talk about it like that the blockchain giveth the blockchain taketh take away it, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah uh, but no i mean i'm just uh i'm really big fan of just trying anything like we like i said we've been I mean, I've literally bridged to, I don't know, probably 30 or 40 different blockchains the last year, try new things. Um, you know, my worst year in airdrops in the past like three years has been like 30, dollars $40,000 just in free money. So like, it's, it's not there. that bad. You just have to, it's just a trash. Yeah. I mean, it's literally yeah. more than a teacher. Someone's whole That's salary. My sister. My sister. That was my blur yeah, airdrop. My my blur airdrop was literally a salary. I remember explaining that to my like my yeah, mom, for example, and my my mom was like shook. She's like, "What do you mean? Like, but that's fake money, right? Like, you can't you can't like pull that <laughs> out. Like, that's not real, right?" It's like 
I was yeah. like, you nope. got to send it to him. And then you're like, holy shit. Yeah. I, yeah. That's I one of my, my mom. Like, if anyone yeah. that is not in our ecosystem that's listening to this, do not yeah. think that you can do this because this is not. Oh, no. yeah. And you will lose all the money. Disclaimer. Yeah, you will disclaimer. lose all the money first. Yeah. I have lost all my money multiple times. <laughs> Same. But here we are. Who would have thought? That's Same. right. How you, you live and you learn. Like the first, the first cycle, you get you get really rugged. You, you oh, definitely yeah. lose all your money. Oh yeah. Oh, Second yeah. cycle is is better. Third cycle, you're ready. You're, you're ready. Wait, hold up, hold up. Third one. I, thought, <laughs> I was told it's the second one. Damn. I mean, yeah, second one was awesome. good too. The third one, you second should be, but you should be ready. You should I mean, be. Come ready. on. Yeah. yeah. Also, if you're, if you're if you're not ready and and you're looking for help, this is right. I'm so great at these ad reads. Brought to you by non-refungible network if you need a group of people to help you out <laughs> in the space people like crier people like frankie people like yaba and eh, don't trust yaba <laughs> don't go trust over <laughs> to nrn and help yourself out where you can test things out there you go there's the ad read for I'm, right. I'm, I'm still have, waiting for my right. role i gave you a shit starter role yes oh there it is there it is. Um, I did want to mention one thing because we are wrapping up on that on this side. I love yep. asking this question for a lot of people at the end of our podcast. Um, for both of you uh, up here right now, since we did unfortunately lose Joey a little bit earlier, um, you guys grew up playing video games um, from the 64, if any of uh, one or the other played until Xbox or PlayStation or even just PC. If you had one game right now, we, are, we were just talking about airdrops with Cryer's 30,000 just on a casual uh, year. Um, imagine <laughs> if there was an airdrop on your favorite video game growing up and based on the amount of hours you played oh. the whole nine, what would be that game that you literally could just like retire because of how many hours you oh, put yeah, into that yeah, game? Yeah, yeah. That is oh my, my god. I have an answer for then and an answer for now, if that's okay. Perfect. So Beautiful. Then, Let's do it. I was a Tetris addict. Like, okay. I, like I would sit there for hours. The original. Okay. The original. The original. And now, this is so embarrassing, but it's just one of those mindless, I can do it on a plane, I can do it wherever. It's snake.io. Like, it is oh, so man. stupid. It is the easiest game to just sit, and instead of scrolling, you're just like, like I've beat everyone in my, in my circle. I beat everyone. I, I, okay. I, I, the beat I can't down. Even talk about it, but it would be a really good airdrop. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Rudal, let's hear it. What do you Any think? snake challengers. Dude, that's like my mom who would probably get airdropped like seven figures in Candy Crush token if yeah. like that was a thing. My mom and dad. Yeah, dude. I never played Candy Crush, but don't, don't do don't it. Start. It's, it's, I'm, it's I'm, addicting. I'm, my parents came for holidays and I'm, they're like, what? I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You guys came, you flew like all the way up here. You guys are just playing Candy Crush. <laughs> my kids are here. Like, let's, let's go. Come on at family parties i'll say but you know what actually i the other piece that i do religiously like snake.io is not an everyday thing but religiously i do wordle connections mini crossword like those brain games casual games yeah casual, casual games for sure casual game to work yeah I, work my knowledge. see i was a complete gamer degenerate growing up so like we're talking full-blown 24-hour days um, doing raids and Endgame and like Final Fantasy uh, 11. So when I was like in end of middle school uh, or beginning of high school, I was doing like a ton of MMORPG stuff. So I've given way too much of my life to like Final Fantasy 11, 
um, a little bit of World of Warcraft, but I would say my biggest airdrop would probably be like Halo 2 when it first went live on yep. Xbox Live, oh, and then Gear- yeah. and then Gears of War one. Um, I was like, I was like okay. ranked. I was like ranked literally uh, okay. on Gears of War. <laughs> so I would say the MMORPGs with Final Fantasy Eleven, and then like first person shooters when they first went live uh halo 2 and like gears war like i would be i would retire into the sunset if i got an airdrop for those so now i have a follow-up <laughs> question xbox or playstation right now like right now right now i'm taking yes, playstation right now they got better exclusives for sure they got better I mean, exclusive titles, i just got it for sure i just i finally just got a place i've always had my xbox since the first one all the way to the last one and i just yeah, finally got a playstation and I played all three Spider Mans in like two weeks. I literally haven't seen this dude in like. He hasn't seen oh me in like God. a month three and months. a half. Like, I you're went probably, ham. You're literally playing against my kids right now because we got a. Like, yeah. I think they're only doing Spider Man. They probably don't get on I the bus went, and just sit in our basement. Damn. I, I, I sold all three Spider Mans. I sold all my consoles like two years ago. Sold all my consoles like two years ago because I I don't. This is how bad of a gamer I was. What did you sweep? I I literally don't trust myself. I literally don't trust myself to have a console because I will put too much of my life into it. So, but P, the real answer is PC gaming is P, games on PC. Is, race. That's that's the real that's the real answer. <laughs> PC gaming all the way. Listen, that's right. I'm on, I'm this on will your be team. the last. Uh, this is the last thing I'll say on this topic, and it's two PC gamers. I don't understand how you use your pinky on the keyboard. It makes no he can't sense. Hit shift with his pinky. I can't hit shift like, either. <laughs> I he, like, he, he like makes, can't do this. I it it's makes no like, sense. What do you mean like, you can't do that? Like just it's not use it's, a controller. <laughs> no, this keyboard makes no designed sense. with your hand in mind. You know that, right? Like it literally nope, is designed nope, for your pinky nope. to hit shift. Actually, yeah, it's really funny for all humans. Smaller and smaller. It's eventually sure. going to go away. I'm telling, I'm telling you, it makes no sense with the pinky. I will say, if, if I put my keyboard like sideways, I can hit it better. But if it's not sideways, I'm screwed. I can't win. So I have to add Disaster. the controller aspect to it. You could ask Crown. I'm, I'm pretty decent at like first, British, uh, first person shooters and whatnot. But when it comes to keyboard, I'm a hot mess. Like I'm off. Yeah, it's, it's rough. I can't do it. It pisses me <laughs> off because I lo- I'm so I love video games and it's like Super Smash. Like I love all video games, but and I love Super Smash, but I am so bad at Super Smash and it pisses me off. And that's what it for me like PC gaming is like. I want to be so good at it, but I just can't get with the freaking keyboard. Like I don't I don't get it. Uh, it's it's very <laughs> concerning. But um but yeah, let's wrap things up. We've been here for some time now. For the two that are still here, thank you so much for stopping by. Obviously, uh, myself and Cry are very excited for what you guys are building, what you guys are doing. You mentioned a one-piece drop. I'm going to be there for that. And I'm super excited just to see the overall growth of the space and what you guys are building. So, again, thank you so much for stopping by. And we would love for you guys to come back later on as well to see the progressive uh, progression of your project and hopefully the overall collecting space into the blockchain as well. That's right. Yeah, thank you so much. This was really fun. We look forward to doing it again. Absolutely. You guys are legends. Our thank you. Legends. Thank you so much. See, we, can just, we can just end it on that. But for the listeners, thank you so much for stopping by for another episode of Nerd FT Radio. We will catch you guys next time. Go grab a brick, throw it at Cryer, and maybe you get a $10,000 airdrop. Peace. There you go. Peace. All right, peace, guys. <laughs>